This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, August 7th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. How secure is the status of the dollar as the world's reserve currency? Some big financial firms appear to believe it's not that secure. Cato's George Selgin argues that, first of all, there has to be a credible alternative, and for the near term, there just isn't one. We spoke last week. For a really long time, uh, when people were concerned about uh, U.S. debt, Uh, when people were concerned about profligate spending in the United States, that the backstop phrase I always heard was, well, we can do that because the dollar is the world's reserve currency. And so we can get away with uh, a lot of things that other countries uh, feel constrained against doing. Um, What does that mean in context right now during a global pandemic where Congress may well double federal spending this year? Well, what it means is that uh, there's a lot of demand for dollar debt. And and uh, we do have a, an advantage uh, if in some respects. It's not an unmitigated uh, or uh, it's not an advantage that is uh, without its disadvantages, but we do have the ability to uh, su- to pay bills and to borrow extensively uh, without uh, having to uh, worry about uh, our capacity to borrow being very strictly limited as it would be if we had uh, a currency that didn't have an international reserve status. So right now, uh, there has been a lot of uh, a turmoil, to call it that, in the bond market. There has been uh, some uncertainty there. The dollar has depreciated against some things. But the bottom line is that there's a, a, a vast uh, capacity for us to borrow in international markets, particularly in a crisis when uh, the demand for uh, dollars tends to increase, if anything, internationally. And uh, for the most part, that's what's been happening. It's true that the Fed has been, uh, the Fed and the Treasury, I should say, between them have been creating all kinds of fresh dollar assets. But it's also true that uh, interest rates uh, uh, and, and interest rates are are close to zero, even negative in some terms, uh, because of that. On the other hand, what we don't see and what we have to worry about seeing is uh, evidence that inflation is likely to get out of hand. And if you look at the long-term bond market expectations, they're still predicting inflation of about 1.5%. And that is, if anything, a little bit low relative to our uh, central bank's implicit target. So uh, Goldman Sachs Group uh, has sort of put out a warning suggesting that uh, the U.S. dollar may not be in the same position, its sort of privileged position as the global reserve currency. What are their concerns? Well, that's a good question. Quite frankly, I think it's uh, it's an absurd uh, worry right now. Uh, it's one of these perennial uh it's one of these perennial fears that crops up every time there's some shakeup in dollar markets. But the fact is that the dollar is, is as entrenched as ever as a world currency. 
it makes up 60%, over 60% of central bank uh, foreign exchange reserves. And that's been, that number has not changed much in years. Uh, it doesn't have any close rivals, and this is very important. Uh, there's talk of the renminbi being a possible rival. But although the renminbi uh, was elevated in status by being included on the list of four uh, official reserve currencies by the World Trade Organization. It still makes up less, it makes up about a tenth of a percent of central banks' foreign exchange holdings. And even more fundamental than that is how often different currencies, including the dollar, are used in foreign trade as invoicing currencies for international transactions. And there the dollar's dominance is also ex extremely uh, uh, strong, and it has no close rivals. The euro is a distant second, and other currencies are even less likely, and gold is not likely to ever play uh, again an international currency role. Gold is popular, even with central banks, but the fact that they hold it, we hold a lot here in the U U.S., the the Fed holds a lot of gold. Uh, it doesn't hold much other foreign exchange to call gold a foreign exchange. Uh, none of these things really mean that gold is likely to to play an international currency role analogous to the dollars in, in any time uh, in in the conceivable future. So I, I don't know what Goldman is thinking, especially in light of the fact that we've heard this kind of thing a million times in the past mostly from less reputable sources, and it's always been a kind of chicken little story. What would have to happen for the U.S. to lose that status? I mean, obviously, there has to be a rival currency. The, yes. the U.S. would have to make some significant mistakes uh, with monetary policy and probably mistakes that uh, are not corrected in the, in the short run. Uh, right. So what would, that, what would that actually give me a scenario where that actually yes. happens? Well, it would be very tough, uh, but I will give you one. Uh, first, though, I want to say that there's a strong network effect going on here. So the mere fact that a currency has been the dominant international currency for a long time allows the country that's issuing it to do, allows some pretty bad things to happen before it loses or is risking losing that position. Having said that, the things that can happen that can matter are the following. Uh, very high inflation that, de uh, 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 that causes the dollar to have a much less stable uh, purchasing power relative to other currencies. It can't just be bad. It has to be bad compared to the next uh, best choices. A shrinking U.S. economy, again, relative to other economies, that will uh, hurt. And a shrinking share of uh, U.S. exports in world exports. Those are the three things that probably matter most. Uh, so if if uh, we saw a deterioration in the uh, standing of the dollar or the, or the uh, appeal of the dollar on any of those dimensions to a very substantial extent, that could start a process of a move away from the dollar as an international reserve currency. It wouldn't happen uh, 
quickly. At first, it would be very slow, and then it would be fast uh, after a critical mass of, of change has taken place. The last example of, uh, of a major switch from one internationally dominant currency to another was the switch from the British pound to the U.S. dollar. And it took a world war and a lot of other stuff for that, for that to happen. Uh, and the dollar has been in the saddle almost ever, more or less ever since in some fashion or another. So it will take something similar, I should think, for the dollar to be unseated. And again, when the British pound uh, uh, was dethroned, the U.S. economy was a very obvious choice of the strongest, biggest world economy. We don't have a similar rival right now, even though China is very big. Uh, there are other problems with its, its currency, uh, its currency status that make it a poor choice for an international currency. And the euro zone uh, collectively is about almost as big as the United States. But they've had more than their share of troubles with their with the euro, and and it's not a very strong candidate for that reason. Apart from the fact that the dollar is so well entrenched. What about the giant stone coins of the Yap Islanders? <laughs> well, um, nobody is mentioning those yet as candidates, and, and and the WTO hasn't even put them on their list of uh, reserve currencies. I think probably one disadvantage of those is portability. I would say on the portability score, they uh, they leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> you know, you know, there was a yap inflation. Go ahead. Really I feel true. like this is a joke, but go ahead. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Well, there was an I I think he was an Irish mariner who uh, discovering what the natives were doing with these stones and how they valued them, these wheels. Um, an enterprising mariner got himself some laborers and discovered an appropriately a suitable quarry on a nearby island and started putting them to work making yap stones. And then, uh, sure enough, he was bringing the yap stones in uh, uh, and uh, and uh, adding them to the supply of yap money, and sure enough, the value of yap stones depreciated. <laughs> now, I don't know how, how much it did, but it's absolutely true that this happened. George Selgin directs the Cato Institute Center for Monetary and Financial Alternatives. We spoke last week. You can subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>